0: You're listening to Straight Shooters, a straightforward golf podcast that'll straighten out your game. And here are your hosts, Keith Bennett and Henry Statina. All right, welcome back to the Straight Shooters Podcast. I'm your host, Henry Statina, and I'm with Keith Bennett today. Uh, the two of us are going to be talking a little bit about the driver. Uh, it seems to be uh, one of the most challenging clubs in the bag one of the clubs that gives people the most fits when uh, trying to improve and play on the golf course. Uh, we've kind of broken it down into a handful of topics that we're going to talk about today that will give viewers the uh, the, the ideas to what they need to do to get better. We're, we're going to touch on on the setup, the swing. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some various misconceptions, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about practice and strategy so that Um, After we've built a pretty reliable swing with the driver, we can take that to the golf course and and optimize it to the best of our ability. Uh, Keith, uh, what are your thoughts today? How are you doing? And uh, let's get this thing started.
1: Yeah, man, I'm excited for this topic. Uh, It is never going to be something that we don't discuss. Uh, It's the longest golf club in the bag, Uh, tends to be the lightest and the whippiest. Uh, It's kind of got the largest of the club heads, So a lot of people feel like they can just swing out, swing away and they won't miss the club face. Um, But that kind of inherently presents some issues because, you know, a lot of people only know one speed with the driver and that's full speed trying to swing as hard as they can and out of balance and, and uh, really having no sense of where the club face is, what it's doing or what it's even meant to be doing. So I think understanding that it's just like a, pitching wedge and the fact that you can make small swings with it you can make half swings three-quarter swings uh less than full speed swings uh work on hitting the center of the club face work on uh returning your club face back to square at impact you know all those things that you would work on uh with the with a shorter club uh can be worked on with and and is suggested that you work on with the driver and then you know how do you take that that club and that that swing you've been working on on the range how do you take that to the golf course and and advance the ball you know towards the hole and uh and not you know continuously lose it left or right so I think it's a good topic but I uh you know starting off with the setup I've never seen or heard um more setup questions in ball position questions tee height questions than than with the driver obviously with an iron the ball's on the ground so there's no question of you know, how high should I tee this thing up or where, you know, you know, all those things, you know, there's just a little bit more variation with the driver because we can put it on a tee. And, uh, there's a lot of different theories around that. So with the setup, you know, what would you suggest to help clarify in the listeners minds, uh, for how the, how we should set ourselves up to the driver?
0: Yeah. You know me, I think that that looking for consistency is going to be really valuable. I think the simpler the instruction, the better, um, I kind of like to look at the way those uh, robot testing uh, machines that they use at golf club manufacturers uh, yep. swing a golf club, and yep. uh, when when they change the clubs, they're not necessarily moving the ball position all around forward and back right. in, the, in the in the robot stance. It's actually just moving further and closer to it uh, based right. on the length of the club. And so, um, I, I I like to, to to get a player to to sole the club so that the club is in the middle of their stance. And uh, I like that because it allows them to be balanced. Um, If I put the club overly backward or or forward in the stance, that's going to shift my balance uh, point. Um, I also think it's it's very important that uh, a person puts the club towards the center of their stance, because that's going to be the point during the, the arc of the swing where the club face will be square to the target. So right. ideally the golf club, the, the club face will be square to the arc right. or the entire golf swing, but it will only be square to the target at one point in time, which is when it passes beneath the center of that swing and the center of that swing being the center of the person's body, assuming they're using two hands assuming
1: swing the golf club. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. The robot reference, because yeah, if you imagine that like just a a robotic arm uh, set on a track uh, and it's making this circular motion uh, with a golf club, right. If, if they put that, that ball position, you know, just for the driver, they decided to move that thing up another eight to eight inches or so from the, from where the bottom of the robots arc would be, you know, the, the ball would probably contact. It might even miss the club face, but it would probably contact so far out on the toe of the club, uh, and the face would be so closed at that point, and the you know the arc in the club would be swinging up ten or twelve degrees at that point. You know, if they just kept the the robotic arm on the track, that that robot would have to make some sort of big shift forward uh, just to contact the ball with some sort of square face to the target line. So if you think about it in those terms what would a human have to do to, to compensate for a ball position that's so far forward, you kind of start to get this picture in your mind of all the, the crazy hip thrusting gyration movements that golfers try to do with the driver, just to hit it square when they've got it, you know, basically played off their left big toe and their stance and how much more simpler the motion and, and the swing. Cause everyone's like, well, my driver's swing feels so much different than my iron. And then the first thing you ask them is, okay, well, you know, is the ball position or is your setup different? Then, then a seven iron and they're like, yeah, I grip it different. I got, I put the ball here. I stand wider. Uh, I tilt my spine to the right a ton. And you're like, well, there you go, man. Like, you know, that, that, I mean, talk about all five or six different variations you put on your swing and now you want it to feel like your seven iron It's just, it's just kind of silly. If you think about it in that way,
0: you, you know, you bring up so many good points. Um, I love that reference to the golf swing being an arc or a circle. And if a person could imagine um, the target line on the ground and then, yep. and then a circle or an arc next to it so that the, t- the target line was tangent to the swing, that golf club is going to be square when it passes the center of the body. Now, like you said, if we were to move that ball significantly forward in the stance, it is likely that that ball will be struck off the toe. It is factual that the the club face and the path of the club will be pointing left of target, and um, we see that that would require a significant compensation, a a, right. a, a lunging towards the target to recenter the body uh, to where the golf ball is, and that requires a lot of timing. And I don't know about you, um, but I'm not looking for needing to needing my golf swing to be timed no Um, especially the types of players that we generally work with who don't practice endlessly Um, they can't rely on timing and i would i would think that driving is probably the number one thing that players come to us with a concern Um, and, and there are lots of ideas out there that would potentially increase the need for timing and that being one of them.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's interesting you say, you know, even those people who don't get to practice a lot uh, would want to build a swing that is not reliant upon timing, but even for you and I, people who do practice more than the average uh, amateur golfer, I'm not looking for any sort of timing elements in my golf swing. I'm not looking to have to, you know, have, uh four or five things come together perfectly every time I swing a driver um and you know I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there that some of those things can result in you know more more power more distance more this more that uh but you know I'm just looking to hit that ball pretty darn straight uh down the center of the fairway with as little curvature on my golf shots as possible uh and placing that ball in, in club more in the center of my stance a, it allows me to make a more centered turn. So I can just turn my sternum and pelvis in place to the right and back to the left. And I can swing my club on a very, a very consistent arc around my body. And those two things right there are going to allow me the, the most amount of consistency possible, uh, and to be able to just get better and better and better at that without having to have the ball position be perfect. Uh, the grip be a certain way, this, you know, a certain amount of tilt to my spine, you know, all that sort of stuff, uh, you know, even for us, better players, we're not looking to add any of that. So I think there's a misconception for the amateur golfer that there's like, Oh, there's a, there's a setup position for us beginners. And once I'm past that, I'll be ready for the advanced stuff. Right. And you and I both know that that's just never going to be the case.
0: Yeah, that's not going to be the case. You look at tour players and they're constantly asking to simplify their golf swing. They're looking to eliminate the variables. They're looking to reduce the timing. They're looking for the most consistency and reliability under pressure is imaginable. And right, I want to I clarify a couple of things. Um, we've, we've often talked about putting the club towards the center and uh, right. getting a lot of response on social media. And when we're referring to that, we're not referring to the golf ball. You know, we, we oftentimes right. look at the ball position what you and I are referring to is the club position. We're looking at the center of the golf club in the center of the golf stance. Now, right. when I, when I'm thinking of that, I'm also thinking of the shaft of the club. And if a person takes two golf clubs, an iron and a driver, and they look at them, they're going to notice a difference as to how the shaft of the club enters the club head on the iron, the shaft of the club will enter the club head in front of the leading edge there's going to be right. some amount of offset even a club that has zero offset the club's the shaft's going to enter right at the um at the very leading edge of that golf club and the driver is going to be a little bit different the driver's shaft is actually going to enter the head behind the club face and on a different angle it's going to be right. leaning away from the target And so when we center our body on that golf club so that the club is in the center of our stance, the shaft would be in the center, but the leading edge of the club would be slightly forward and the ball position on the driver would be slightly forward than it would be with the iron. Right. And so I think that referencing the golf club as being in the center is going to be very valuable because it's simpler and it's more consistent throughout the bag And it sets the ball in the correct place for both of the golf clubs, for all of the golf clubs. Um, Sometimes players will have an idea that they should play the ball off of their left or lead foot, which positions the club way too far forward. Um, If you look on tour, most players, especially the lady players and, and a lot of the men players will have the club towards the middle ball next to the club, slightly forward of center. And the uh, there will be some players who have it a little bit more forward than that, but certainly not as far forward as most of the amateurs that we get to the lesson team who struggle significantly with the driver.
1: Right. And what's the one shot that, you know, for driver, it's interesting. They usually struggle with two shots. They usually struggle with a big slice and then and then a huge pull hook. And if you understand the arc of the swing and where the face is likely to be on that arc. Right. If, if, if you've got that ball way forward in your stance and then at that point, the arc of the swing is going to be going left of the target line. If you have an open face relative to that leftward swing direction, then you're going to get a big old slice. And if you have a closed face relative to that swing direction or a square face relative to that swing direction, left of target, you're going to get a big pull. And if you happen to hit one off the toe or the heel, you're going to get a really big, you know, variation in your ball flight and, and just having it more in the center is, a, you're going to be more balanced, but B, you're going to have way less variation in the types of ball flights that you experience. And they're mostly going to be uh, straighter and, and more struck out of the center of the club face. You know, a couple of, you'll be, you'll be uh, hammering home a couple of those physics principles that are required for straight ball flight, which is center face contact, square face contact, and swinging the club in the direction of the target. So if you think about it purely from a physics standpoint, having the ball way towards the lead foot just is not even in line with with hitting the ball straight.
0: Absolutely. And, and and there's going to be players or, or, or listeners out there that drive the ball just fine. And, you know, they might right. have some different types of variations of this and that's totally fine. We're not even addressing those, keep doing what you're doing and keep swinging. Well, um, keep playing good golf, having a good time. This is a, a message more for the player who's struggling with his or her driver. And right. uh, I think that there's, there's really just a few things that a person might do in order to accomplish those physics principles that you're, talking about and the first one comes with with a neutral grip relatively neutral would be very helpful um the second one would be raising the club to waist high making sure that the grooves are vertical we don't want those grooves closed or open and then positioning the club On the ground and in the center of our stance that's going to be a pretty good balanced setup we're we're going to have even weight distribution left to right Uh, something that you touched on earlier was that the the there should be a a shoulder tilt well the 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 trail arm for for the right-handed golfer the right hand is going to be lower uh, on the golf club uh the way it's it's being held um causing for the right shoulder the the trail shoulder to be a little bit lower also allowing for that natural shoulder tilt away from the target. So if right. we do those things, we're going to be in a pretty balanced setup, very neutral, very systematic, um, and prepared to make an efficient golf swing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And so as we move forward um, with that uh, relatively neutral and balanced setup, what are some of those things that have player might want to do during the swing how, how might that work best
1: with a relatively neutral and balanced setup right so you know they're going to want to first I, you know for me to get into that setup more regularly and more repeatably I think it's into the swing and
0: yeah with with the, with the good setup right we've got a pretty balanced right. setup so I'm wondering you know when we start to swing how does that transfer into the swing? What, what should we be looking to do?
1: Right. Uh, we're we're hear looking about to angle of make, attack.
0: we hear about, you, right, know, right, thought, right. you know, how does that fit?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think a lot is made about hitting up on the golf ball, um, and, and the need to hit up on the golf ball to reduce spin, to increase launch angle, to, you know, to do all that sort of stuff, to maximize distance. But, um, you know, it depends on the player's swing speed. It depends on, on, on what they're trying to get the golf ball to do. But swinging level with the ground is going to benefit just about every single golfer. Um, I see a lot of people trying to actively hit up on the golf ball and that really throwing off their golf swing at the moment of impact. So they're trying to like actively lift up on it or to make some sort of jumping or leaning back action, which throws off their balance. And their swing center. So, you know, we often refer to the golf swing as, you know, a, a pendulum motion from a high centered axis. So kind of that sternum position. So keeping that in mind, if we can get that, the shaft, you know, the shaft and the club head to be swinging around that high centered axis, um, on a nice circular, circular, consistent, uh, motion with as little raising and lowering as possible from the top of the backswing into the, into the downswing, et cetera then we're going to have a much more consistent motion throughout the swing and you're going to have to, you won't have to make it as many manipulations to, to the club and your body coming through the golf ball. And as long as you have appropriate loft on your golf club, for most people, for most amateurs swinging around 90 miles an hour, you know, 10 and a half to 12 degrees on their driver. If they, if they're swinging level with the ground, uh, neither up or down, uh, they're going to get fine launch, fine backspin, spin rates, and and they're going to be able to hit it adequate distance for, for their swing speed.
0: I think that's good. I, I like what you said about a high center. Yeah. Um, a pendulum basically for anchored in at the sternum. A golfer right. could take the grip of their club, the butt of their club and stick it into their sternum, grip down onto the shaft and make a half swing back and through and see exactly what we're talking about and when we make that type of a motion we will notice that uh the shaft of the golf club works kind of like a hand of a clock with the club head and and the grip in meeting each hour uh together as as one one unit not leaning the shaft forward and not leaning it backwards and this is in it done in slow motion and so when we make that type of a swing it's quite noticeable that the hands are holding the club the arms are swinging the club the arms being from elbow to shoulder and that the body is responding to the swing it's it's moving back and through in response to that swinging motion and the golf shaft at address was quite vertical. And as it returns to impact or passing the center of the swing, it would also be quite vertical. There's no need to lean it forward or trying to hit up on it. It would produce a very wide arc. It would produce a very shallow angle of attack. Um, Some players, depending on how they do it, might have a positive angle of attack. Some might have a slightly negative angle of attack. We're talking one to two degrees in either direction.
1: Right. That's marginal.
0: Um, Marginal. Yeah. Ladies on the, on the LPGA tour average, a little bit on the positive. The men are a little bit more on the negative. We're talking a couple of degrees in either direction. And so not
1: enough to truly concern ourselves with, with, you know, getting a one degree change in angle of attack. is not going to change your life with the driver. We're talking about hitting the ball in play more often and on a normal trajectory.
0: Absolutely. And no doubt hitting it as far as possible is valuable, but we've got to be able to find it. And
1: right. Um,
0: one of the misconceptions that I, I often see is a player um, when we swing the club forward with the arms, it becomes a very wide arc and a very shallow angle of attack. Right. When players pull on the handle, They might try to turn their hips very quickly and pull down on the handle of the golf club with their hands. It becomes a very steep angle of attack. It becomes a very narrow arc. That golf club is moving much more on a straight line towards the ball than it is on a circle, um, a circular motion around the body. Right. And so I think that that type of a player who's, Firing the hips and pulling on the club, trying to create some kind of a lag is doing something intentionally to steepen the angle of attack and be told or feel the need to start to hit up on the ball. And so right. then that player has to start moving the ball position well forward so that the club can shallow out and level, and, and, and uh, widen its arc in time to make contact with the ball. So for for that type of a player, I would recommend having that neutral setup and then making a swing that was more circular, uh, swinging the club forward with the arms rather than pulling down with the hands. And when that club comes around to where the ball would be, the shaft should be relatively vertical. I think the grip and the head should arrive back towards the ball at the same time which would allow for the same amount of loft on the golf club as it was at at address. And the club would be um, more equipped to produce those launch conditions that a player would want for straighter and further tee shots.
1: Right, exactly. And uh, I rarely come across amateurs who hit the ball too high, right? Most of them are hitting the ball way too low. Um, and you, again, you kind of think about, how would a club manufacturer measure your golf club? They measure it with the shaft vertical so they can get the loft angle and the lie angle, and then they measure it. And that's how they, that's how the clubs are built. Right? So if we think about more how the club is built and how it's designed and it's in its intended use, um, you know, folks with the grip way ahead of the club head at a dress or even in their practice swings, I see this a lot, practice swings, they'll intentionally return the handle way ahead of the clubhead, even with the driver, right? They've been told to lean the shaft, all this, all the time. And they're basically turning that 10 and a half degree driver into like a seven degree driver. And that, you know, they're de-lofting it at address and, and they're not returning it to its true loft and its true playing condition and it's in its designed condition. Uh, and that, and you know, what, what clubhead speed they have is being, completely underutilized because they are, again, turning that club into such a de-lofted position uh, They're not allowing the shaft to kick out and to, to add, you know, some sort of loft to the bottom of the swing, which would be how a club's designed to have that club bending certain ways and at certain times perfectly to, to get the launch and all that the way it needs to be. So, you know, their rehearsal and their intention of returning that club back to vertical, the way it's set up at address, um, is how they're going to optimize what they do, and and like you said, most people are going to be benefited. Most amateur golfers are going to be benefited from watching uh, the LPGA players. They all set up so beautifully, so symmetrically at address, so balanced, uh, and you'll almost never see any of those golfers intentionally trying to pull the handle forward of the clubhead at address uh, because they just don't have the clubhead speed to to de loft it and still get adequate, you know, playable golf shots. Uh, and, and amateurs need to be swinging the club the same way, the, the way it's designed to be swung. I mean, PGA, PGA Tour players swinging the club 120 miles an hour, you can, you can get away with just about anything uh, and, and still hit the ball plenty far. Uh, but you know, for the average golfer who swings 90 miles an hour with their driver, uh, that ain't going to work.
0: You bring up a really interesting point about players wanting to lean the club forward. And, uh, and I want to make sure that we're on the same page that with an iron, it does appear to lean a little bit forward, but we're talking a few degrees again. Um, And and a lot of those players who do come with those challenges are trying to lean it way too far forward. A a slow motion swing has the shaft leaning like 20 to 40 degrees forward. So with a driver, that's certainly not what we're looking for. And and it has a lot to do with the de- a design element of the club within the shaft. The shaft is a it is flexing throughout the swing. And there's a point in the shaft that it's gonna be bending the most. And that's an area that we call the kick point. And um, we have high kick point shafts and we have low kick point shafts. On a high kick point shaft, Um, it'll launch the ball lower and on a low kick point shaft, it'll launch the ball higher. And a lot of players, if they understood how that worked would probably swing the club differently because that shaft is actually bending forward at, uh, at its fastest. The club head is actually in a sense, passing the grip. That's, that's the direction that the shaft is bending. Right. It's not lagging behind like players think the shaft is actually bending the opposite direction, which is adding loft to the golf club. And so on a high kick point shaft versus a low kick point shaft, if a person can think about it in terms of its thickness, the higher up on the shaft, the thicker it is, meaning it's stiffer and bending less. And so because there's less of that forward bend, it has less loft and lower trajectory. And the lower the kick point, the shaft becomes thinner and more flexible, and it would be bending more, causing for more loft and a higher ball flight. Right. And so when we see that, it, it's it's for me and, and for a lot of the players that I coach, it's quite alarming to see how that club is actually bending. And in knowing so, we're going to swing it differently instead of pulling on the handle and trying to lean the shaft forward with the club head lagging behind, we would swing the whole club forward with the intention of the club head actually passing the handle ever so slightly.
1: Right. But,
0: but we remember, we're not doing that. We don't need to add that type of motion into the swing with the hands. It is going to happen naturally. If we swing the club forward with the arms while the hands hold the golf club, the shaft of the club is engineered to produce that type of a kick point and launch the ball at the correct trajectory.
1: Yeah. You know, I think helping people understand how a golf club works, how it bends, how it unbends, when it's flexing, where it's flexing, and why those design elements are, you know, these aren't just random things that have happened over time. These are club manufacturers who have spent years, decades, perfectly designing these shafts to bend and flex at certain points uh, to help with certain swing speeds and to produce certain ball flights. And just the visual of seeing how a a shaft should flex when, where, and at what rate helps the golfer understand how the club is meant to be swung. Um, Understanding that in the backswing, the, the club head is actually kind of designed to lag behind the handle a little bit so that at the top of the backswing, there can be a reflexing of the shaft and then at the downswing, right, that clubhead is trying desperately to catch back up with the handle. So it's moving its fastest. And then it starts to catch up with the with the grip. And it and it, like you said, it has that, that bending action where the clubhead actually gets past the handle a little bit, which adds a loft to the golf club at the bottom. Just seeing that in visual or in picture representation would pretty much be all the golfer would need to convince themselves that dragging the handle forward on purpose is not going to help them get the most out of their club. You know, you're spending, some people are spending upward of six, five and $600 on their driver, and then not even swinging it the way it's designed to be swung. right? It's just kind of crazy. You know, they bought this tool, they bought this tool, an expensive tool, maybe one of the more expensive tools they'll ever purchase. And they don't even know how it's supposed to be used because it doesn't come with a user manual.
0: I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions in golf: is, is is pulling on that handle, dragging the handle, trying to lead excessively with the with the shaft leading forward. A couple of the other misconceptions that I want to talk about, and I want to let you talk a little bit about practice and how a person might apply these things to their to their swing. Um, you know, the driver's going to go the furthest. It's designed to do so. It's the lightest of all the clubs. It's the longest. And then the head shape is completely different, obviously designed to send the ball the greatest distance. And a player doesn't need to try to swing faster to produce the added distance. If I swung my arms as fast as I could with a seven iron, there's no sense in thinking that I'm going to swing my arms faster with a driver. I've already maxed out my arm speed. I'm not capable right. of swinging faster with the driver. It's just that the club is designed to go further. It's longer, it's lighter, and the 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 the, the club head is designed to go further. And so, um, a lot of players could benefit from making their longer clubs, the driver, all of the woods, and even the long irons, the same tempo and and, and arm speed as that of the the shorter irons.
1: Yes, exactly. And because the club is longer, you get that, that multiplier effect, right? So, you know, you're going to get a multiplier effect in that club head. Uh, As long as you're actually not dragging the handle, you get the multiplier benefits of the longer club shaft and the head uh, speed increases, but you actually blow it all up. If you start dragging the handle and you lose all that stuff that's already in there, And, like you said, understanding that and knowing that, hey, I can't increase my arm speed because the golf club I'm holding is longer. That's crazy. Um, But if I try to add speed by pulling on it, then I actually lose speed and lose the ability to hit the center of the face and control the arc and all that sort of stuff.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you you negate the multiplayer effect of the length of the golf club for sure. Uh, Another thing that I get a lot of with that same concept is when we want to make the ball go further we tend to tense up more we, we become mm. rigid right and uh, neither tension or rigidity in our hands wrists forearms elbows in our entire body technically would cause us to swing faster if i'm walking down the street and i want to run faster i'm not going to lock out my joints and my knees and my in my in my ankles right if anything i'm going to become more relaxed i'm going to become more engaged in the target. And right. with a driver, we with, with all golf clubs, we should allow our hands and arms to be free of tension and rigidity. We should hold the club lightly, but in control, and maintain consistent grip pressure throughout the swing. In the backswing and in the forward swing, the wrists will hinge involuntarily. A person right. doesn't need to intentionally hinge and unhinge the wrists. They should also not cause tension to keep the wrists from hinging. That should be an involuntary motion. It should be the same as when we're using a hammer to hammer a nail. The, the, the wrist and the elbows both uh, hinge and unhinge as a natural response to that motion. Right. Um, so,
1: yeah, you know, it's interesting. You and I both know when you, sometimes when you grab a player, when they're making a swing and you try to move them and they're like a stone statue, you can really tell how tight that person truly is. If they, you know, if you try to move them a little bit and they're just, they won't even respond to your push or pull or movement. That's a, that's a huge indicator of just how tight that person is and, and just how you know, they're going to be trying to use other muscles, you know, that of the chest and the core and the hips to, to move the club versus the, the fastest moving part of the body, which is the arms. And, uh, and it's a, it's a really big, big indicator of, you know, if somebody's at home and you want to just see how tight you are, right. Have, you know, have somebody, you know, a friend or something grab you during your swing, during a practice swing, and just try to move you a little bit. And if you're locked into place, that should be a a real red flag for you.
0: And that, yeah, that tension, that rigidity, that wanting to overly control the swing or control the golf ball, trying to steer the ball, um, that is enough to significantly throw off a golf swing. Uh, A golf ball can be sent into the trees with just a few degrees of an open or closed club face. Right. Um, A player, you know, will, will struggle with the driver more because it's more noticeable that two or three or four degree change in face and path is going to be more noticeable with the driver An off center hit is going to be wildly struck offline versus that of an iron now, and and purely because of the distance that the ball travels. And so a player, you know, a lot of times we tend to ask players to work on some smaller swings with shorter clubs and build a foundation for which they can use the driver with but sometimes that doesn't transfer, right? Sometimes the, the ideas are different from irons to driver, which hopefully we've clarified, but also it comes down to the practice. Um, you know, Surely it would be helpful to practice playing shots, smaller swings and, and shorter clubs, but let's just use the driver, for example, forget the other clubs for a moment. What would you recommend a golfer looking to improve their driver? Let's say they've taken into consideration our setup and swing recommendations how would they go about actually building a better golf swing with the driver?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, first, I think once they're set up and they understand the swing concept of that high centered pendulum action, uh, and just to reiterate one way you can do that is just to, you know, stick that butt end of the grip kind of in your navel uh, and, and let your hands kind of grip down about midway down the shaft so your arms are extended and then when keeping that butt end stuck into your navel rotate to your right for a right-handed golfer or to the left for your left-handed golfer and keep that same orientation between the clubs the club and the arms and the body and you're going to you're probably going to experience way more rotation and rotary action uh, than you've ever experienced before and then return that whole orientation back to center and then rotate to the other side. So it's going to be kind of a three part to the right or left, depending on your, your hand, uh, left, right, right, or left hand back to center and then forward. And, and that right there is helping you understand the swing concept of that high centered pendulum action it's a true swinging motion. Uh, and then take your normal grip and then imagine that that grip's still in the navel and go and make the same length of swing back and forth. And hit some golf balls just using that type of of, uh, length of swing, working on the center, hitting the center of the club face. And and do that uh, to start out. And and that would be a a fantastic way to start to get oriented with your driver.
0: So just to clarify, you're talking about sticking the butt of the club into the the belly button or or, or the sternum, holding down onto the shaft, turning back and through, Are you saying about waist-high to waist-high?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So waist-high to waist-high is what we'll consider a half swing. Um, The the shaft of the club would be parallel to the ground and parallel to the target line at at that halfway point in the back swing and in the forward swing. Correct. Um, And then extending the club out to where you're holding it normally and making that same motion. Correct. With a focus of hitting it on the center of the club face. Correct. You know, it's interesting because a lot of players will tell me that the club is twisting in their hands. They feel it twisting and that their common uh, fix is for them to grip the club tighter to keep it from twisting. Right. Which is probably the worst thing a person could do because we don't want tension or rigidity. And why would that club face be twisting?
1: So what they experience without knowing it is that they're experiencing off centered hits. So whenever the golf ball is striking out on the toe or the heel further, far enough away from the center of their club face, the club face will indeed twist open or twist close. And that twisting is what they're experiencing. So it's not like they're doing something with their hands, twisting it manually. The golf club striking the outer edges perimeter of the club face is what is actually twisting the club face. And like, like you said, to prevent that twisting, they start holding on to it tighter because they think it's something they're doing. Um, so, something that you can do to become aware of that and to understand why that sensation is happening is to have some, some uh, what I like to recommend is uh, Dr. Scholl's uh, Odor-X foot powder spray, and it sprays on the club face. It turns into this really nice matte white color, uh, and it will leave the imprint of the latest ball that you uh, struck with the face on the driver and so you can be start to become aware of if you have any tendencies and where you're striking the club face with the golf ball or just exactly why you're experiencing that twisting and i can promise you if you start to uh, have the ball connecting with the center of the face that twisting sensation is going to go away
0: i think that's awesome i think that's one of the best tools that i've used for showing players where on the club face they're hitting the ball and it's obvious um you know, it shows their progress over time. They need to get better at hitting it on the center of the club face. It's probably the easiest thing that a person can do to get themselves, um, becoming much, much better at golf. And yep. let's say they've done it now. Uh, they're, they're hitting the ball pretty, pretty consistently on the center, maybe eight out of 10, maybe their, uh, their centeredness of contact dispersion, uh, kind of fits, uh, on the face. You don't see anything wildly out of center. Um, what would be the next step from the half swing? What would you recommend?
1: Yeah. I mean, logically we'd probably go up to like a three quarter length backswing or, you know, thereabouts And three quarter length. uh, Could you, a a nice reference point you can use is kind of when, when your lead arm, your left arm for a right-handed golfer becomes parallel to the ground in the backswing. And then on the forward side of the swing, uh, your right arm as a right-handed golfer becomes parallel to the ground. So uh, you know kind of left arm parallel to right arm parallel and swap those two around for a lefty uh, and, and we're working on the same thing we're working on that same high centered uh, pendulum motion we're working on hitting the center of the club face and we're working on on staying in balance uh, and you know th- these are just logical progressions just like somebody learning to play guitar you know you would learn how to play hold it you would learn how to play a few notes you learn how to string some some notes together, uh, but you you wouldn't try to play a song if you couldn't even, you know, hit a few notes uh, in sequence. And it's the same thing with the driver. Most people grab it, swing as hard as they can, and they wonder why they're struggling with it. So it's, it's gotta be a logical progression. So that's, that's where I would go next.
0: That makes total sense. You know, I, I work with players who hit the ball pretty far, young college students usually. And so, you know, I'm, I'm asking them if you can't hit the ball straight and accurate at 300 yards, Right. Stop hitting it at 300. Let's bring it back a little ways. Um, Let's start with hitting the ball only 100 yards. You know, that half swing might only go 100 yards. Let's master that. And then let's build up to 200, maybe that three quarter swing you're talking about. And then if we can do that correctly, then let's go to 300. That would be a normal progression for a player uh, looking to improve their golf swing with any of the club's but especially with the driver. Sometimes we forget that that's the normal progression for learning that building block approach.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people are frightened to death that they're going to like lose their speed or something by going slowly, because that's what we've been pounded into our brains for the last decade is that speed is the only thing that matters in golf and hitting it far is the only thing that matters in golf. And, and uh, you're not going to lose your speed because you bring it back down a few pegs to start hitting the center of the club face more. Uh, And I, promise you a lot of golfers who can hit the ball in that 275 to 300 yard range but have no idea where it's going would kill just to be able to keep the golf ball in play uh, because they know that that's going to lower their scores almost immediately and they need to stop taking penalty strokes so I can almost guarantee you they'd be fine with hitting it 250 to 265 but knowing the ball is going to be in play and give up you know 15 yards um, that they maybe hit one out of 10 fairways and that you know they're consistently shooting 80s in the eighties or low nineties because they just have no idea where the golf ball is going. So the speed's not going to go away. The accuracy needs to come up. Um, And, you know, this whole uh, notion of just swinging wildly uh, just because we've been told we need to swing as fast as possible in order to play high level golf is just, is just wildly inaccurate.
0: I think that's an awesome way to to, to summarize it. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about the setup, We've talked about the swing, um, various misconceptions, some ways to practice and implement this. Um, At the end of the day, it really comes down to this game being a stick and a ball sport. And forget what we even talked about with setup and swing. For a moment, it's it's simply a flat piece of metal and a golf ball. And we need to figure out how do we orient that that piece of metal to send the golf ball in a specific direction on a repeatable basis and at a full speed swing 80 to hundred miles an hour. It's impossible to figure that out. Uh, We would want to certainly start with some smaller swings, um, figure out how to use that golf club to, to best bounce that ball towards the target and then to develop more, more length and more speed um, while continuing to have a similar level of success. I mean, it's pretty intuitive in nature if we can break it down to a,
1: a length and
0: a speed that's
1: manageable. Right. Exactly. It's a progression. You have to build your way up. Um, most people will never take that step. Most people can't even figure out how to slow their driver swing down. <laughs> it seems so foreign to them to make a slower motion with their driver. Um, but this is a game of being able to control the tool that you're using. Uh, being able to hit certain spots in your backswing and forward swing, controlling how far the club goes back and how far it goes through, you know, you need to become aware of what that club is doing while you're swinging it. Um, and, and these are logical progressions uh, to doing that. And these, these are them some, some things that, that a high level golfer would have no problem doing because they have spent a lot of time doing it. Um, but something that amateur and recreational golfers would have zero ability to do because they've never even thought of it in that way. So, Uh, They need to become more aware of of what the club's doing and why they're doing it and and build their way up to to fuller shots. Keith,
0: I think this was really valuable time spent. Uh, The driver is certainly a a club in the bag that causes a lot of players a lot of challenge, and it doesn't necessarily need to be the case. Um, It's just another golf club. There are some differences, but there's also a lot of similarities between it and the rest of the golf clubs. And so, um, I hope that this session would be, uh, received very nicely by viewers, especially those who are struggling with their driver and are looking for ways to improve.
1: Yep. And I've got no doubt. We'll, we'll come back around to this topic, uh, in future episodes. Uh, it's something that can always be chatted about, but I think, you know, this is a good reference for, for those to keep coming back to this episode, if they are, uh, if they find themselves struggling or they just want a a quick refresher on, on what they should be thinking about in in, uh, when it comes to improving their driver.
0: Absolutely. Keith, good talking with you, buddy. We'll uh, we'll do it again next week. We'll have some different topics and and the viewers, if you guys are interested, feel free to reach out and send us some uh, requests as to what you'd like to hear from us uh, regarding golf and, and your golf game.
1: All right, Henry. We'll chat soon, buddy. Take care.
0: Take care.